a like a gated neighborhood with security. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why did you choose the gated neighborhood to do this with rent-a-cops? Why are these rent-a-cops holding guns? Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon, and I finally watched Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh re-watching this movie, I didn't realize like how formative of a movie this was for me. Like, what do you mean? Just all the people in it who like, so Vinnie Jones, who plays Sphinx, this is the first time I'd ever seen him because I hadn't seen, this was his third movie and I had not seen Snatch or Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels yet. Um, and then that guy like has gone on, I think the most, I don't know, iconic, but have you seen Euro Trip? I have seen Euro Trip, but so, like, can I, wait, wait, wait. I just want to tell you that I thought that was a young Lee Schreiber. <laughs> maybe i can see it i don't know i mean it makes so much sense that that's not him now but okay yes did you know that vinnie jones was actually a soccer player that played in the fa cup which means nothing to you um i can see it just because of the voice when he talks in the end <laughs> no but i mean i can see it uh, I think he actually may have won, but don't, you're not going to look that up. So who cares? Uh, but just all the people. So Chai McBride or Shy McBride, I don't know. Apologies. But who plays Donnie in this was in, um, I think, Boston Public, which is a show I watched for years as a kid. Yeah. Uh, Giovanni Ribisi, who's been in a bunch, who's in a bunch of stuff and like, seems like he always plays like the shitty little brother who fucks up. He always seems to play like a side character. So when I saw him in the opening um, scene of this movie, I was like, there's no way he's going to carry this film. Right. And the, the other thing too, so I looked up the director and this guy has, he directed this swordfish. And then I don't think he directed anything of note for a while. And then in 2011 directed season of the witch and nothing else. Season of the Witch as in... Nicolas Cage. I don't think I've ever seen Season of the Witch. I, I, I have not either. I don't know that a lot of people did. Um, it's the last thing he ever did. Like, uh, so that's anything. telling, yeah. Yeah, so, but this movie also feels like a lot of Nick Cage movies from the late 90s, early 2000s. I... When you said swordfish, I got a lot of swordfish from this. Like that made sense. I mean, this this movie from like the techno music to the to the oh my god, the um the the word escapes me now. The lights going through the um lens True. flares. The lens flares. Oh, lens flares. Holy shit. Speaking of lens flares, at one point they brought in some writers to like punch up the script and JJ Abrams, was isn't it? JJ Abrams. <laughs> I don't know if he wrote in the script lens flares. He did. I bet you that motherfucker did. <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie just, I haven't watched it in years, but this is also one that was like on TNT, TBS, or USA, like all the time as a kid sure. too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so I remembered so much of it. It had all of these characters. One thing I did not remember is how little Angelina Jolie is actually in this movie when she's like the third lead. Is she the third lead? It's Nick Cage, Giovanni Ribisi, and then her. Because I felt like fucking... Uh, um, Robert Duvall? Robert Duvall, yeah, was in it more than Angelina Jolie. Oh, way more. But I think like, you know, the credit order is sometimes just for selling the movie purposes, right? Oh, so. no, definitely. And I mean, like, the, the little bit that she's in, what she's in, like, we see her we meet her in the garage we see uh that can sorry that scene continues to the bar and then she steals a couple of cars with nick cage you have that one weird scene i'm going to talk about later um and then the ending and that's it five scenes yeah now i mean the stealing of cars lasts for like 40 minutes of the movie or 20 minutes of the movie no but she's in it like very little yeah it's just a few times like it's it's kind of a frantic going back there's not really any scenes while they're stealing the cars honestly there's just these little like 30 second clips here and there 
the most she's in it as far as stealing the cars, apart from the weird makeout scene, um, is when he gets the Shelby GT and she blocks the police from being like right on his tail. That's the last we see of her until the very end. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. So what, uh, overall, what were your thoughts first time watching this? I was never a fan of these types of movies. Like I was never the first in line on opening night for like any of the Fast and Furiouses. I, I don't even know if there's a need for speed movie, but I did not see it. Okay. Stars Aaron, stars Aaron Paul. Oh, okay. I did not see it. Um, it's just not my like cup of tea. And I, and I feel like, I don't know how racing movies No, You know what I do? Cause, com, cause I eventually did see fast and furious Two Tokyo drift. Okay. Those are two different movies. Okay. Well, I've seen the Tokyo drift one. Okay. That's number three. And then I saw fast furious seven. That's a weird order to do those things. And yeah. I don't care. I just saw them, I think, with a bunch of friends. The whole point is, is that I remember like what Tokyo Drift came out when I was probably in middle school, like all the guys just I mean, I grew up in Orlando, just to give you some idea. All the guys were just like car guys. They well, they were 12, but they thought they were car guys and they were like, oh, my God, blah, 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 fast and furious, my lifeblood, whatever. I was just never one of those guys. So to watch this movie, get back to your question, watching this movie now. And I, I think I have an appreciation for more of like the writing and the plot devices. But I didn't give two shits about like, oh, my God, it's so they're going to get this car. This car is so cool. I don't care. I, as a normal person, saw all the Fast and the Furious movies when they came out up until Paul Walker died, and then I haven't watched any of them since then. They got better. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Um, do you even know how many there are right now? There's like nine, right? Not ten, nine. Ten coming out? Ten is coming out. So there's nine so far. And then a Hobbs and Shaw you have to add in, which I also haven't seen. But yeah, I saw all of these pretty much, op- not opening night, but you know, I, I watched all of the Fast and the Furious. Um, after Too Fast, Too Furious, that's I could drive at that point. Mm-hmm. So, oh no, wait, could I drive? The the thing is though is yes, that I, I could, okay. and I I drove. I uh, I let the movie get in my soul when I left. And I was hitting some speed. <laughs> My God. Um, I think the thing too is by the time Too Fast, Too Furious came out and Tokyo Drift came out, I think my mom deemed them too violent for me to go see them. This is the woman that took a six-year-old to see There's Something About Mary. <laughs> she didn't know about There's Something About Mary. Okay. I talked to my dad the other day real quick to tie that story together. And he was like, oh, yeah, there's no way we'd have taken that. And he's like, and also, I shouldn't have taken your brothers either. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised he remembers that film. He remembers it in depth. <laughs> um, yeah, Taylor, Taylor, as we were watching, she goes, oh, I'm excited to watch this. It's my dad's favorite movie. <laughs> I'm like, it's your father's favorite movie. Okay. I like that guy even more now. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I deemed it too violent. But then, of course, you know, everyone at my school went to go see it. So I felt really left out. So maybe I just feel a little hexed about racing movies. But this is not this. This is not Fast and Furious. However, um, I do like the odds that this movie puts with, you know, like stealing 50 cars in, in three days. Like, it's doable, but hard right it's not like some ridiculous dumb number like oh a hundred cars in five hours right but it's like how are they going to pull this off so I, I did appreciate the stakes at, at what was like set up also interesting because we we're talking about fast and the furious uh 
a person from this movie was offered the Dominic Toretto role in the Fast and the Furious. Can you guess who it was? It wasn't Vinny. Vinny. Vin, the soccer player. No, it was Timothy Oliphant. As Vince Diesel's role? Yeah. Vin Diesel's role? Yeah. I mean, probably a different role, right? You know. Would he have been like shaved head, like Hitman? Like, is that <laughs> the kind of Timothy Oliphant we were Pretty getting? Pretty sure ready for? Vin Diesel's shaved head had to do with a personal matter of him losing his hair, less than a choice for the character. Are you telling me to keep his name out of my fucking mouth? I don't know if it's anything more than just male patterns. So, got it. Um, you want to start talking about this? Yeah. So, the movie opens up in like, um, I guess, in front of this Porsche uh, place. Dealership is what we call those. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, <laughs> the way they steal the first Porsche is like, and, and comparing it to like the way they go about stealing all the other cars, it, it really shows how like kind of, young and and amateurish this group of car thieves are but i think what's the biggest like the dumbest thing about this whole movie is how this movie gets started right it, it's he just stole a porsche and then he's like hey i'm gonna antagonize this guy at this red light and then i'm gonna race this dude and i thought it was actually really smart actually i thought look the alarm already went off he already broke the glass he he probably already has the cops after him so maybe he's trying to like race this dude and then make him take the fall like the cops are going to chase him and then he's going to get away no it he's a dumb like for me i think he deserved what he got coming to him nothing came to him what he had coming to him yeah i mean this just kind of goes to show you what that character is right that and like the um the black guy who is just what made named like mirror mirror man, man. Mirror yeah man. Mm-hmm. his him like dude we're in a stolen car why are you racing someone i was like yeah that's fucking true and also it kind of reminds me of a scene later when Giovanna, Giovanni Rabisi is talking to Nick Cage, he's like, dude, I have everything under control. Like, as his kitchen's on fire? Uh, that, whatever the hell he made uh, Nick Cage for breakfast looks just Disgusting. gross. I don't understand how someone could be that bad at cooking, right? Like, it was just eggs. Like, even if they're just, like, not Was that well. eggs? That was eggs? Actually, I don't even remember, honestly. Oh, my God. Um, it was the spilling of the salt for me uh the the position that you can tell you know what kip is you know giovanni's character kip and then what kind of character memphis is nick cage's character um is done in these like first couple of scenes not done well like done to the point where you get what's happening and you get their relationship and you get their competence, but it's so blatant and like, so in your face, it's like, do you get it? He's a fuck up. Do you get it? Uh, yeah, a little bit, but I mean, that's just movies of the time, right? Like we talk about all the time about movies, dumbing it down for you. Um, next we get the, uh, you know, the cops involved, right? Cause they chase him. They chase them to the area, and then we get Timothy Oliphant and Delroy Lindo. This is the first time I ever saw Timothy Oliphant, I think, too. I think I said that before, but, like, he's obviously become a very important figure in my life with Justified and a bunch of other shit. Also, the (laughs) Hitman movie, which is not great, but I love it. But, you know, the Hitman movie is probably the first time I saw him in anything. Um, and he's unrecognizable. I, I love Justified too. And then I, I think I watched Hitman, uh, not knowing who he was, watched Justified, and then watched Hitman again. 
like years later and i was like was that timothy oliphant all along <laughs> shocked me right um no yeah he was he he's very subdued in this so it's like not a like a normal timothy oliphant where he's kind of like stealing the scenes it's just like he does play kind of a background character in this yeah but i don't think he was like that big of a name at that point like i think nowadays nowadays but i think you know at his peak he would be the more leading officer you know i mean not over delroy lindo so delroy lindo's character had this like grudge against the whole reigns family um yeah i mean it's just like this is the division he works in so they're just opposites right he works in was it vice i can't remember what it's basically the the stolen car division (laughs) for all intents and purposes you say that they're kind of like polar opposites but the thing is that it's one of those things where it's like the villain or the the antagonist and the protagonist are more alike than it's that one scene where he comes into the shop and he like um he feels like this car is weird because of all the other cars in the shop is you know they're classics and this one's like who gives a fuck about this one and for someone to know that you know so it's like they can appreciate each other's love for cars but then they're on the opposite side of the law right except to be fair to memphis he's trying to get out of it um but but a lot with 30 days of night no not 30 days of night what am i thinking of blade i'm thinking of blade uh the villain disappointed me i wanted it to be like a more bigger more well-known actor i had the same thought and do you recognize where this guy's from first of all is he another soccer player from ireland (laughs) he sounds like a soccer player no he is the general in 28 days later you know when they go to the compound at the end oh okay okay um so that's important i guess i when i first of all yeah i like he's a good actor so i'm not like you know saying anything against him and i did read a quote where he was like this is a bad movie and i gave a bad performance so he said that yeah um i had a thought of who would replace him and i don't know that this is much better of a movie although i know you and taylor love it but i think dougree scott who was in the hitman but is also the bad guy from mission impossible 2 would have been a perfect villain in this movie because he's not the reason mission impossible 2 doesn't work he's a great bad guy um and i think he gives the more like a more internal like you know something under the service surface don't fuck with this guy whereas this was more of a like in your face but i'm kind of a piece of shit vibe instead of like a you know because will Patton in the beginning is like you know i'm working for him and this guy scares me and you know i don't get scared and then you meet the guy and i was like ah, it just seems like a fucking asshole yeah i was i was surprised i mean not just the actor who played them but the the way that they built him up um, and then like to pair that with the way they introduce him, it's like he's in his office in his salvage yard. Like, I don't know, like if you're going to do that, just put a few guys ahead of him. Like, oh, you got to pass through like a couple of bodyguards to get to him. You can't just like fucking walk up to him at the end of the movie where Nick Cage can just like walk up to him and sucker punch him. Yeah, there's two guys that go to kill Nick Cage. And once those two guys are taken care of, no one else is there to protect him. The only thing is, is that you see a bunch of his, like, quote unquote, henchmen when they go to the crush, the car crusher thing where where Kip is being held in the beginning. There's like eight guys there. You you never see all eight guys ever again. Maybe they have like Fridays off. Yeah, uh, that's it. Also, when when this is a nitpick too. At the end of the movie, it's established that he has done all this woodworking. Where else in this movie was it established that he did woodworking? Well, he built the coffin for uh, Kip. Oh, okay, okay, fine. I do love the line when they fir- when he first meets Kalitri because Cage comes in there basically like 
I don't give a fuck who you are. Like I'm the badass here. And Kalichi gives this big speech and he's like, I need 50 cars. Like, do I look like an asshole? And Nick Cage is like, yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. I like that too. That was good. Um, also the ultimatums was kind of weird too. I don't know. There was a lot of in this movie that just kind of felt like it dragged until it didn't. <laughs> um, the part where he's like, you have one in three options. I was like, okay, whatever, man. But first option is like, I kill, I think, I, I don't know. I'm going to get this wrong. It's like, I kill all of you, whatever. Second option is that you lie to me and I hunt you down for the rest of my life. And I still kill all of you. Or the third option is you can do this crazy thing. I'm asking for you. And he's like, do the crazy thing I'm asking, you know? Right. I don't know. He just sat, he, I think the thing is, is that he's not so much an opposing villain because you don't see any, anything he does is, doesn't scare you, I guess, until the end. You just hear about it. You hear how scary he is. You hear how, like, what a psycho he is. But you don't well, you only, see that until the very end. And you only hear it once, right? I guess the they're trying to get a lot of play off of the car crushing scene where he's going to crush his brother in the car. Um. But it's like all you see is you hear is like once again Will Patton's character saying, "Man, he really scares me." And there you're just like supposed to believe it, and I don't believe it. Even know? the cops are basically like, "Who's this guy?" Yeah. Well, the homicide cops know him, but that's because he's apparently committed some homicide that they're gonna get him for right. at some point. Um, the next thing we talk about is um, well. Okay, obviously Memphis is is called into this thing, right? And he goes to the um, he goes back to town. He visits his brother. We talked about that. He visits his mom. And now the, I don't know at this point the tonality of this movie, but there's two cops in the diner that he visits his mom, and it's like positioned and shot so weird that he's like passing them, and they lean in, and they're like, "Yo." We got Memphis here. You or no? He, uh, sorry. He. They're like, you won't believe who who just walked in. And of course, you know, Timothy Oliphant, his partner, is waiting outside for him. His partner's name is Delroy Lindo. Okay. Put some respect on it. Sorry. Anyway, I. How does that cop remember this guy? They have some throwaway line afterwards where Delroy's like, "This guy's got a great memory." It's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, it makes no sense. No, but I mean, did you find it kind of like? just there's no way he didn't hear him lean into the counter into his walkie-talkie and say that like i don't know i mean this scene just needs to be cut the whole point of this scene is for him to tell his mom like hey i'm back in the life but it's to save kip and she's like go do it honey but like you don't need it right you don't need it especially later on you learn that the only reason he left was for kip and kip fucked it up I do like that scene with Will Patton when he's like, man, I should fucking kick your ass right now. It's a good scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do love, though, one of my one of the things that I mostly remember from this is Delroy Lindo saying, like, now I got to give that cop two hundred dollars. My wife, uh, my wife's going to be angry. And, and he's like, yeah, and his wife's mean. Timothy Oliphant says. Yeah. And, he, and he's like, what would you just say? It's like she can be mean. And, and then, then after- he, he leaves. It's like, hey, don't talk about my wife. Keep my wife's name. That's your fucking. Anyways, listen. If anyone listens to this 10 years from now, will they still know what that means? I don't. The only other one, like the the only other award show mess up I know of is when Kanye took the mic away from Taylor Swift, right? That wasn't a mess up. That was just deliberate. But well, I mean, the slap Beyonce had the best out. Al- Beyonce had the best album of the year. So, who? No, I'm kidding. Um, no. Okay. So now, now we have, and I think this is my favorite part of any of these types of movies, right? Like the heist movies or like ocean movies or whatever. Speaking of ocean movies, we got a lot of we got some people from ocean movies in here. But have you seen the Rick and Morty getting the crew together episode? Yes. That's what I always think about now. That's like the most brilliant episode of comedy. The son of a the bitch. The whole episode getting the screw together and they're like, <laughs> son of a bitch, j-? I'm in. <laughs> they're like, all right, what's the job? That was it. Okay, <clears throat> go home. 
yeah, it was good. Um, okay, so he goes to Robert Duvall, and Robert Duvall has. Uh, I like, <laughs> I like. He goes to this like legit shop. He's like, "What happened to the chop shop, man? What happened to the old life?" Yeah, this. I guess this place is nice, but what about ripping cars off and changing VIN numbers? And also, can we talk about? I, I we didn't really talk about Nicolas Cage's name in this movie. It's Memphis Reigns. Well, it's Randall Reigns, and Memphis is a nickname, or it's his middle name, possibly, but they don't explain it. They don't explain Memphis, period. Well, everyone has kind of a nickname in here. Is Kip a nickname, or is Kip his real name? Don't fucking know. Mm. Memphis Reigns. Anyway, so Robert Duvall is like, yeah, okay, you know, we gotta save Kip. I guess I'm back in it. Whatever, whatever. And of course, you, you, you see Robert Duvall in a movie. There's no question that like the whole movie wouldn't happen if he he didn't agree to he's, this, right? He's down for most things, Robert Duvall, I imagine. <laughs> That's what his agent says. What happens next is what I was saying is kind of my favorite part of any heist movie is the getting the team together part, right? So first we pick up Donnie, right? I love that. I love this part. I love the part where he just decides to pass her because he's going to quit to start stealing cars. Maybe he didn't quit. I mean, really, it's like three days. Maybe it just takes three days of vacation. Who knows? But he decides to pass her to then when he goes back to the DMV later and sees her there failing the written test. And she's like, you speed up when someone's tailgating you, don't you? And he's just like, oh, shit. Um, yeah. And her crying. Oh, my God. Her crying. So apart from Donnie, it seems like they go down this like very long list to like People are in jail. People are dead. People have moved away. So they come down to the last two. Now, I don't understand something. So when Nick Cage is like, we just got Sphinx and Sway left. We just got these two. Robert Duvall is like, no way. Not these two. We can't. No. And I I guess I understand Sphinx because he's just this like silent bulldozer. Maybe he's too like off the cuff, you know, What's wrong with Sway? Is it just because Robert Duvall knows the history between him and her? Yeah. Okay. That's it. And and Sphinx is a is a maniac, crazy person. What you get when Master P comes to kick Nick Cage's ass, and Sphinx just blows the cars up. The funniest part of this whole thing is for me to believe that there's a Long Beach gang gang. Really? I mean, if you've ever been to California, if you've ever been to Long Beach, it's just like, I don't know. It's just where all the fucking people go to shop and hang out. And it's the surfers and shit. It's like, there's a gang, Long Beach gang. It's like, okay. I don't think gang members would look at you and be like, yes, let's let that man in our inner sanctum and tell him about our secrets. (laughs) Okay. I'm saying it's like if you, okay, whatever. It's like if you go up Wall Street, it's like, oh, the Wall Street gang. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Master P just really likes Long Beach. He likes the vibe. Yeah. Or maybe like most places, you know, Long Beach ends and then another neighborhood begins and you're allowed to drive between, you know. Um, I don't know that he calls himself the Long Beach gang, does he? Yeah. I don't know. Either way. Maybe, he, maybe that's just marketing, you know. I think it's when he masterpiece is something like uh, stay out of Long Beach. This is my turf or something like that. Yeah, well, who knows? Um, one thing I want to talk about is there's always in these movies, like the key thing that leads the police to them. Did you see those two things coming? Oh, yeah. Oh, the the black light was horribly obvious when they broke it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the the other thing you're talking about is the um, the keys, right? Yeah, the Mercedes keys, which you don't really get until they explain it later. Like when are they explain it in the beginning and they keep explaining it, right? One issue I have with that is the police just basically decide we're not going to get them any other way but these Mercedes. I get that they want to catch them in the act because if they catch them. Before that, they may be able to get off or it'll just be an attempt charge. They didn't actually start going through with it, whatever. Um, 
but the fact that they're he's like we can't tail them because they'll they'll know i mean all of that just seems kind of like iffy police work from our boy delroy well the whole thing is iffy right because homicide specifically told him not to go and mess with this dude and he does so it's like what well that was at the end and that was the bad guy they were talking about no i know i know that but like i don't know it's i feel like del delroy's character was so focused on getting cage right getting the reigns brothers that he was just gonna like not do things necessarily by the book yeah maybe maybe um next we get a montage did you like this montage i mean this whole movie is montages (laughs) from (laughs) from like 30 minutes in it's montages until we get to the final car chase so i mean getting the gang isn't really a montage unless you 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 count like making those like nine phone calls in a montage Uh, i guess sure okay yeah the the line between montage and really short scenes is very (laughs) you know what i mean it's like very close um you're talking about where they kind of stake out everything, right? Yeah. Well, that, yeah. But I mean, before that, they get everyone together. You know, they're like, all right, this is our crew. And then the young guys show up and they're like, what can you guys do? And my one of my favorite lines is um, when he's like, well, this guy's good with computers. He's like really just really good with computers. And you're like, you don't know what computers do, do you, Kip? Like, you don't know what a computer is. Um, I thought he was going to be the loose end, right? Well, actually, he kind of was um, the computer guy because I was like, oh, no, but he actually does know computers. But then the other guy is like, <laughs> he's like, he can order a mean pizza. <laughs> then we cut to him and he's like, people got to eat. Do you know where that guy's from? No. Independence Day. Oh, he is. Um, what's his name? Son, you know, who drives the RV with a little brother that gets sick. Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Oh, nice. Dennis nice. Quaid or Randy Quaid? Randy Quaid. You know, when um, after being rejected by Sway, um, with the fight uh, with Master P, really, you know, you. With the fight with Master P, you really can see that Nick Cage cannot fight. There are five guys. I but no, like, like the the um, God, I fucking always forget his name. What's his name? Vinny Jones. Vinny Jones. Thank you. Sphinx. Vinny does know how to fight. Like he goes out there, he's fucking kicking ass, right? But even when they have Nick Cage kicking ass. You you could just tell he does not know how. There's probably a lot of actors who aren't really great at that, right? Yeah, I guess so. Um, before we get to the scouting montage, there's two things I want to mention. One, I think it's a super smart move to boost all the cars on one night. And the reason I know it's super smart is because Kip thinks it's a bad idea. <laughs> so that was tip one. Right. Uh, and then... One of my favorite parts, and I guess this is kind of the start of the scouting a little bit, but Nick Cage going into the dealership and he's like, I have money and I have taste and Saturday night is the loneliest night for me. My favorite part of that whole scene is where he's, the guy's like, the dealer uh, guy's like, hey, my name's Roger. And he's like, ha ha, my name's Roger too. I guess two Rogers don't make a right. Ha ha so great and he's like i saw three of these outside of starbucks you know what that means to me that i'd just be some you know dick with no taste he's like but what about this he's like oh that would mean you're a connoisseur yeah and he's like i believe we don't have one here but it's in the garage and then the way he looks at him and he's like what else is in the garage (laughs) right yeah there's more things here i can steal um so then we get to scouting and I mean this in the nicest way possible, but I feel like they wanted to hire Chappelle for this role of Mirror Man, but he was busy or too expensive, so they got a guy to do an impression of Chappelle. 
this dude is yeah i he man he's like one of those um like caricatures of a person right right yeah um, yeah his character is completely like over the top and in, in every aspect when you when when they finally have all the team together and then obviously um angelina jolie shows up as a last minute you know like i changed my mind i'm doing this for kip i'm not doing this for you wink wink sort of thing um because it's angelina jolie of course she's going to show up she arrives on a motorcycle that is so clearly not her on that motorcycle when she shows up like devastatingly not her so badly so that when it like cuts from her getting off the motorcycle and like taking her helmet off and everything like that it cuts from her literally or the stunt actress to being on the motorcycle cuts to angelina jolie being already like there like she's there helmets off makeup's done hair's done everything no i read she actually did do the motorcycle that was her no you're lying i am oh my god (laughs) yeah i don't know i didn't pay attention to it i didn't notice it at all it was bad it was like that scene from white chicks i've never seen white chicks we're not doing white chicks we're doing white chicks son of a bitch um one, uh, one another great scene right after this is when master p makes his last appearance in the movie uh and i don't understand how as they're shooting up kip and nick cage's car they don't see them escaping out of the side because they like shoot it up as nick and kip get out right and they're like mm-hmm. they're like high, like you know and then they jump over a fence or whatever and then the guys jump on the car and like they escaped <laughs> and then they start chasing them yeah the the diner thing with the cops um if you were a cop in that diner and some guy in the booth behind you was looking out the window and and went there's cops in here (laughs) wouldn't that make you a tad bit suspicious i also love how once they rig it up to the to the uh semi and their cars totaled they all have their guns exposed. Like the cops are there. <laughs> Do you have a permit for those? Well, everything happened so suddenly, you know, and they're, you know, probably were a little shaken from the, the big rig. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. That was a that was a cool way to do it, though. I appreciate the, I appreciate the stuff. No, yeah, I've never seen something like that before. One thing I want to talk about the chasing of uh, the two Reigns brothers through Master P and his gang. Did you notice that Nick Cage is always the one getting fucked? Like every time they jump over the fence, it's like Nick Cage falls into the pool. They jump over another fence. He's in the cage with the big dog. Like every single thing is like he's... I thought, I thought Kip was in with the big dog. No, I think he, he looked at it and it said beast and then a tiny puppy came out, right? Yeah, I think. But then he looks over and then the big dog was right there. Oh, okay. I thought it was just kind of this uh, thing where you can see, like, because of his brother, he's in this situation, but Nick is the one being fucked over all the time. Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely the point of the movie, though. No, yeah, but I thought they were making it more of like a... You give them too much credit. I guess I do. Um, So next, when they're finally going to, like, pull this off, right? They take this minute to, like, play lowrider. Mm-hmm. And I like how like none of the obviously George Lopez the show didn't exist in this in this universe, but none of the young kids knew Lowrider. I'm pretty sure this movie came out before the George Lopez show. Really? Yeah. But I mean, I was just saying, like, what did you think of that scene? Like taking a minute from that from that whole thing just to like enjoy 30 seconds of lowrider 2002 wow um it's the music that gets him ready gets him the zone i just love the way he was just sitting there staring and then shakes his head and is like all right let's go um but before that you did skip the part where the kid from independence day steals a drug kingpin's car oh shit that's before huh yeah you're right and it's at the same time that 
Delroy just decides to show up just to like rattle their cages is I guess the excuse he gives Timothy Oliphant. I didn't even know Timothy Oliphant was in that car waiting outside like a like a little boy waiting for their mom to get back from the grocery store. But for some reason he is. And imagine waiting there in 2000, right? Like what you have snake on your phone. You're just fucking sitting there bored. Hey, snake, snake can give you a good time. Okay, then. Yeah. Speaking of snake. Oh, we're not there yet. That's I think that snake scene is my favorite scene in the whole movie. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, when he is hitting the the Humvee into the cop car, and obviously there's a stunt driver driving the cop car, it was not supposed to flip over that guardrail and fall down. But Vinny hit him where he was supposed to, and then there wasn't enough room for the Humvee to get out, so he hit him again and knocked him over. And then after it was over, he's like, Vinny Jones is like, yeah, I told you not to fuck with me. <laughs> like just joking with the guy. And then they threw the snake on top of his car. And then on top of that, he like leaves the garage with the key card, like so delicately. Right. Yeah. Um, the, this montage goes on for a while of them stealing cars. Right. And then at the end, there's some important points. The bulk but, of the movie. Right. But the part I like the most is the Mercedes part of it, right? Where Scott Kahn had to get new keys. And because, because Delroy came over and like kind of fucked with them, uh, Nick Cage is on high alert. And he's like, listen, if anything feels wrong the entire time, I need you to cut bait. Um, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to jail tonight. And the way that he is like literally a centimeter from sticking the key in the Mercedes. And I really love like the cop van, the, like the look of it, you know, it looks like unassuming on the outside. And then it's just like windows everywhere inside. It's like really cool. Um, but he notices that the cop car has moved two down and he's like pretty sure of it. And then he looks at the photos and then he like calls Ch- Chai McBride right as he's about to fucking steal the other Mercedes. Yeah. And he's like, back off, back off right now. Uh, and then that, Chai McBride is like, you're what? In the hospital? My wife's having a bait. This, this ain't even my car. I always wondered, are those people, is that their car? And they're like, what is this guy doing to our car? <laughs> oh, yeah. Is he just I don't standing know. there looking at it? I don't know. Yeah, that part is probably my favorite with then the um, leading into them going after the other Mercedes. One thing, did you notice? Uh mirror man is a valet at one point which i don't understand why that that scene doesn't make any sense if you've scouted this all out how did you know this old guy was going to go to this restaurant at this time so it it was so that you could get the line when he gets in the car and she's expecting him to open the door he's like i'm here for the car not the door now get your fat ass out of here also like he gives him 50 cents he's like why don't you keep that for your next suit did you recognize who that was no who it was dr kelso Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. How did I miss that? I don't know. It was very obviously him. Yeah. I see it now. Thinking back when the uh, the Mercedes are impounded and the thought of like, oh, how are we going to get Mercedes now? And then to think that, oh, we'll, we'll just steal them directly out of the impound lot. Right. Has to be the coolest thing like the coolest setup with possibly the most disappointing outcome because you're thinking okay the Mercedes are hot right this is like their one big downfall they got away from it and then they send mirror man to do i don't know like a bad impression of flavor flay with a barbie doll singing brick house which i'm like whatever and then they just steal the cars out from the impound. Easy peasy. I, I, I just felt like that could have caused, I don't know, more issue. But in saying that, because, you know, the Mercedes this entire time was like their big um, downfall. That right. when the dog eating the keys and everything like that is piling into this moment, right? 
At the same time, the detectives finally find or finally put together what the black light is for. So they find the list. So now they're 49 out of 50 cars done. The Shelby, which Eleanor, which is the GT, is set up to, you know, eventually become this MacGuffin, I guess you would call it. Um, I still don't understand what a MacGuffin is fully, but it's like a plot device in, a, in an item of a, in like a thing. Just another time we'll figure it out. Okay. Anyways. It's a plot device in the fact that if he had just stolen that car in the beginning, rather than wait for it to be car number 50, then this whole thing would have gone smoothly. You got to savor the best for last. Yeah, I guess. Let me ask you, David, because this is one of the problems I had with the movie. Angelina Jolie being a love interest to Nick Cage and having that like weird sex scene that's not a sex scene in the car, I was just completely uncomfortable the entire time. Like there was nothing sexy about it. Like I even felt like the director knew there was nothing sexy about it. So they had to cut to like a much sexier couple about to have sex just so we could like get through this weird weirdness. Um, if you were to cast anyone else other than Nick Cage for this film, who would you? Brad Pitt. Right? Like someone way more charismatic and charming. That would, yeah. Yeah, that would have said car parts a lot sexier maybe than Nick Cage. It's just not, it's just. I don't know. It was supposed to be, I guess, like a real sexy scene. And it's just when you think of Nick Cage, you don't really think of sexy. I mean, dear Lord, did you not? I saw Moonstruck. Did you not see Moonstruck? (laughs) He took my hand. (laughs) Now he's trying to kill my brother. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, um yeah it's not a good sex scene uh nothing about it and then just at the by the way at the end they're making out and you're like oh you two are together now okay did not know that that was what was happening here but apart from that they just don't have any onset chemistry i'm just surprised that like at least if you're gonna get caged get get an actress that has chemistry with him you know somehow and i and i and i also think she's way out of his league but the girl from national treasure had way more chemistry with cage than Angelina Jolie. Diane Kruger. Helen of Troy. Yeah, I agree. I um, I also like that the way he holds her too, he like is putting his hand on her and it's on her stomach, right? It's like the least offensive part they can do for the movie. I'm like, why don't you like, I don't know, grab her face or something? Like it just looked, it like it looked totally awkward. Yeah, and then her like her legs are straddled in the gear like between the gear shift and then I, I just don't understand what it was like. And then it was cutting back to those that random couple having coitus in their house, right? Uh-huh. And like they're having they're about to have full on sex. And then full on. Full on. And then they're like, oh, okay, we can go now. I don't know. It's just weird. It's just seemed it's like they were like, request- but they were also they were also they were like halfway in between just making out, but then also having sex, right? It was like it didn't pick what they were gonna do. That but was kind of what had I, sex. I know, but what I'm saying is, is like they made it seem like it was a sex scene, but really they were making out. But the way they were talking about cars was like the foreplay, and then Angelina Jolie is like, okay, yeah, we're good, let's go. I'm done with this. But then they end up together. I, I, I feel like this really set up for, for all the 14 year olds watching it back then, uh, a false sense of, uh, of being able to snag a woman like Angelina Jolie and so, like cars as much as this guy does. So we've talked about the Humvee part. I want to run rapid fire through some thoughts I have before we get to the Eleanor scene. Do you mind? Okay. No, of course. Um, one of my favorite lines, and it's something that I don't say word for word, but say something similar is when they go to the ex-felon that they talked to in the beginning of the movie and they come back to him and like, we need more information. And he goes, 
I told you everything I know. See, I know that because I said, this is everything I know. <laughs> yeah, it's such a great good. line just for some random dude in the movie who I don't know. Um, so that's great. Michael Pena cameo. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome. And then the guy's like, Oh, I found it. He's like, dude, who gets off on play with dog shit? <laughs> just is like, I can't even beat your ass. It's so weird what you just did. How many gangsters are in this like area <laughs> of Long Beach? Because here's what I'm thinking of too. It's, it's like it's more than just Long Beach, though, right? Okay, it's, yeah, you're right. Just you're Long right. Beach. This is really making you feel like it's just Long Beach, though. But what I'm talking about is the gangster that tries to steal the car from Donnie. And Donnie like like smacks him in the face with the car door. And it's like anyone can pull a gun on anyone. It takes I, finesse to steal a car. It's I like, love man, that. you need a mentor. I love that part. Why is Mirror Man bringing a doll to the police impound lot? This is what I was talking about before, right? Before I got so off track, is the way they get the cars out of the impound lot because of mirror man's distraction i feel like that's a scene i could see out of like a a spoof for this film it's such a fucking weird scene it would have been funnier if he was doing like hand puppets right if he's like oh wait and then just does like the the thumb thing disappearing right he's like oh where did it go oh it's back you know what i mean like it said why did you bring a puppet on this it was a barbie it was a barbie and honestly (laughs) david anything would have been funnier than that he he could have literally done anything else and it would have been better okay finally uh they go to this neighborhood to steal what looks like the most ordinary looking suv it was a cadillac (laughs) cadillac escalator or something it didn't look that nice um and then the guy is just standing there um the computer guy and this girl sees him which by the way those two got married in real life kind of sweet that is kind of sweet i like that and she's like call security and i was like what the fuck does that even mean and then you find out that they're in a like a gated neighborhood with security yeah Yeah, yeah. why did you choose the gated neighborhood to do this with rent-a-cops why are these rent-a-cops holding guns yeah okay so this is another thing i wanted to bring up first of all who shoots at auto thieves second of all how do these rent-a-cops have guns and and just like the whole thing it's like the whole thing is absurd and manufactured for like we get like someone might die on this because if you think about it no one at this point in the movie is scared of dying besides kip (laughs) what's also funny too is then after he gets shot they take him to a private doctor and he's fine yeah he's he's fine (laughs) i said dated him he's fine um but then we get that awesome scene with uh with uh no 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 um at the doctor's the scene that you were talking about oh where he's like hip and uh yeah he's like talk shit about his brother and he's like i'll fucking kick your ass he's like the reason he left, the reason he gave up Angelina Jolie, maybe six years ago, Nick Cage made sense with Angelina. Get it together, man. Woo. Angelina Jolie, which also, wait, how old was she in 2000? She would have been 25 in 2000, which means that when he left her, she was 19. Damn. Um, a couple of things I want to just shoot off real quick. Um, so never go into a podcast with a loaded gun. The driving through the alleyways backwards uh, while being chased by the cops. Um, awesome. That was. Yeah. And this is the scene we're getting to right with Eleanor, right? When he steals it, uh, Angelina Jolie blocks the cops. I do love how they like pull out at the same time. And Delroy's just like, oh shit like it's happening and then it's the last 30 minutes of the movie but yeah the the alleyways is cool yeah and and, uh, did you think i mean i know you've seen this movie before but at least i thought when he goes to that shipyard 
it's the same shipyard that they're shipping the cars off. I was like, what is he doing? Like, he's going to go off because they mentioned him going off a pier last time he was driving a Shelby GT, right? Um, I was like, is he going to go off the pier and like land on the shipping crate that needs to be delivered? Like, what is like, what? No, it's just a, it's just a cool scene. It's just a cool way to have a bunch of shit happen. I want to talk about how it's probably the most convenient tanker or tank thing that explodes and just like starts flying around, knocking all the cops out of his way. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. Don't get me wrong, but like, come on. I love the line from the helicopter that's following him when he's like, he hits the NOS, which NOS becomes really big a year or two later with Fast and the Furious. Yeah. But he hits the NOS and he's like, maintain visual. And he's like, this is an A-star, not an Apache, which I don't even know what an A-star is, but you get that that's funny. And I thought that was a great line. Yeah, I think that's probably the most iconic shot in the movie. I mean, I've seen this shot. It's when they're in the water aqueducts and he's going and he has all these cars and the helicopter The most following. iconic shot from the movie is low rider. And then he has his hands next to his head and then he shakes out and he's like, all right, let's go. That's the most iconic shot. But see, I've never seen that. I've seen this shot. I've seen with that with the car and the helicopter. Well, that's on you. That's on you. I guess so. We can not talk about the scene without talking about how the fucking wrecking ball threw this dude's car through a wall. And when watching the scene, Taylor goes, "Oh, he's dead. He's <laughs> he's dead." And I was like, "Well, he, he has to be dead." <laughs> And Timothy Oliphant has to like get, they have to like write in a scene because it's like, of course he's dead. But like to believe, to make you believe that he's not dead, Timothy Oliphant has to like get out of the car, go up to the guy and be like, are you okay? Because you just went through a wall. It's like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, he's alive though. No, he was alive, but yeah. He shouldn't have been. No. Well, he's very lucky. Um, If you have nothing more, let's get to the bridge scene. Let's get to the bridge scene. It's the most illogical, absurd, and yet amazing thing ever. No, it was awesome. And I, I, at first I was like, okay, that's going to happen. But then how m- much distance he actually got, I was like, okay, now you just, <laughs> you're fucking jumping the shark now, you know? Also, why was traffic put in one lane, but to create a runway for him to drive up that thing? I figured that he was driving like in the in the like police lane, like the you know what I'm talking about. They're keeping it open for police and other vehicles to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe it still just kind of was like absurd. And then the flatbed truck is just lowered for him to perform that drop that jump. Yeah, um, it's so great. And then, but apparently he was 12 minutes late, and so now he's 12 minutes late. It's 49 and a half cars. Although they didn't care about the bullet holes through the SUV, uh, the Escalade, or the side damage to the Humvee. But this, they're like, nah, it's too late, and we're going to kill you. So I want to say a couple things. Okay. Um, there was a mention of $200,000 uh, in the beginning of all of this. Is that how much they were going to pay them to lift the cars? 50 cars, yeah. I thought, why would you pay them if you're trying to, like, buy back your brother's freedom basically like why would you pay anyone anything why wouldn't you just be like you do this for me your brother gets to live right well because the original deal was to have the 50 cars by friday for two hundred thousand dollars they had a setback but they still had the ability to meet that deadline so and then okay fine I'll, i'll accept that the other thing that i had a problem with is that nick cage was like going around the shelby and was like um Hey, look, you know, if, 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 if you know, 60, 70, 80,000, if you spend like 80,000 repairing the car, we can cut it out of the 200,000. First of all, those 50 cars, specifically like the Mercedes, the Jaguar, maybe the, the Eleanor, you know, that is way more than 200,000 bucks. Yeah, but he's not, he's paying them to steal the car. He's not paying them for the value of the car. So it's like he's giving them what, four grand a car. Um, so what he's saying is, oh, well, you missed out on this one, which you could have made 80 grand off of. 
So just give us 120 instead. I love the line reading of I'm a little tired and a little wired. And I just think I deserve some appreciation. I, I actually really like it in a, in a plot. Uh, you know, the writing is really cheesy. Like the line you just said, but the way things happen, I think is sometimes really smart. Um, where he's 12 minutes late they only have 49 cars and the the guy's like oh he eluded me i can't bring him in because you know he's kind of on on their side the whole time you know he's not really working for the villain but um the the guy is like okay yeah that's fine i'm just gonna kill memphis and then they don't have time to tell Memphis this because Memphis is literally pulling in right now. So the way that works is like a pound of flesh for a pound of flesh is like, okay, he's just going to take it out on Memphis. Right. Right. So I, I really like that. I think that works real well, really well. The stupid thing is, is why not just kill him right there and then why go through the whole theatrics of like the car, like destroying the car and then you know shooting him somewhere else because he's a bond villain yeah i don't know uh he's a crazy person um also the cops couldn't get over there quickly at all but somehow kip and uh Patton get over there super quick whose name is atley jackson in this movie yeah yeah atley yeah kip and atley get over there in no time kip not only gets there quick but he gets inside the crane operating booth yeah yeah very quick i um once we get to the last fight scene i did not realize how much he cared about wood until this part yeah thank you thank you um it's it's like it's a cool last scene obviously he ends up saving um delroy lindo's life i like the resolution of this where delroy's like well fuck it you know you saved my life how could i possibly send you to jail now just for trying to save your brother's life um and also you saved us some time on this homicide investigation because this guy's dead now so that's pretty cool so I'll just clean this up. You can head out. The fact that he lands in the coffin. <laughs> he didn't land in it. He landed on it and kind of broke it in half. But yeah. <laughs> Close enough for the for the coffin adjacent. Irony of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I, I mean, what did I, you want? What, what did you want happen, David? Him like fall in directly in the coffin and then the coffin like close him in. <laughs> Yeah, and it like kind of falls through the floor, so it's like a burial. Yes, and then because there's a construction site, there's probably some loose dirt somewhere, and that that falls and fills in. Yeah, I get you. And then, uh, and then Cage looks over and he's like, "Well, he's gonna rest in pieces." Yeah! I don't know what that was. It's the Asai Miami theme song, whatever. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> the the. The John Woo, <laughs> the, the doves fly out and, and Nick Cage and Nick dressed Cage, as a... Nick Cage rips his face off and it's Kalitri underneath. I thought you were going to say it's John Travolta. The one part I do like too is after Kalitri goes over the edge, uh, Nick Cage is just looking down at the loose gun and he like looks down and he looks at Delroy and he's like, you know, you should pick that up. <laughs> I'm not going to pick it up. I think it's to give the audience like a, a thought about like, oh, are they going to like scramble for it now? Right. right. Yeah. And, and then as a token of his appreciation, Nick Cage is like, hey, I'll, these 49 other cars, you should go here to get them. Um, nice of him, you know? Yeah. Oh, at the very, very end of the movie, right? The very, very end of the, well, second to the last scene, you find out that, uh, Oh no, this is the last scene. Kip gifts his brother an Eleanor. He does. He does. And also Sphinx can talk. He gives this very eloquent bard. Does a bard have to sing? Yeah, a bard has to sing. But this is kind of poetic. Anyway, uh, just explaining to them, you know, 
what uh what life's all about you know yeah some wisdom dropping some knowledge yeah it's really all just supposed to be a joke like oh this guy can talk and he's got this british accent the um when it cuts the black and the credits right before the credits roll and you hear like the Eleanor sputtering and then Nick Cage is like, no, 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 not again. Right. Um, weird way to end the movie, but you know, also kind of fun. It was weird. It was definitely weird. Rewatching this. I still really liked it. It is nostalgic for me in that there's a ton of stuff that if it was in a movie today, I'd be like, all right, well, this is bullshit. Right. But it works because of when I saw it and it still works. There are definitely some plot holes slash contrivances. But overall, this is like, this is the Nick Cage I want to remember doing this type of stuff. So I, uh, I really enjoyed it. I like the movie. There are some elements that did not age well just because of like, being 90s and you know whatever but overall i thought the movie was like pretty well written i think for me personally the only thing that brings it down is nick cage i think if you replace him with someone else i would have liked the movie better or maybe he wasn't nick cage enough i don't know it it was Maybe I wanted face off Nick Cage, not this. I, I think it was a fine movie. I'm going to leave it at that. I have no grievances towards it. And, and I think it did its job in, in entertaining me. Good enough. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And I'm Milan, And I finally watched Gone in 60 Seconds.